We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's switch to a little bit of mailbag for the back half of this episode. We're already at 45 minutes, so I guess a little bit behind schedule, but I know you said that uh, you could kind of stick around um, depending on how timing goes. But I already got a couple of questions started here, so uh, make sure you guys get some more questions in the chat. If you want to push your question to the top of the list, you can do that by supporting the channel through a super chat. First question comes from Timothy Taft. Timothy asks, Curious if you think Texas Tech was trying to hide their playbook until Oregon and if that contributed to the Texas Tech overtime loss. Sounds like this one's for you, Jarrett. Uh, I don't necessarily think so. I think there's there's some merit to that a little bit. Maybe there's a the idea behind that is a lot is is uh it's reasonable, right? Um it's a reasonable idea to think that. But if you watch the first 11 minutes of that Wyoming game, I mean, they were firing away. Um, that offense was clicking on all cylinders. I don't really think they were holding anything back. Um, you saw a lot of different looks as far as personnel goes. Um, a lot of different players being thrown in different positions um, on the tech side. So I don't really think they were trying to hide anything um, because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they were probably going to do pretty similar from last year anyways. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really think they were trying to hide anything. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. And I think, I mean, if you just want to flip it on Oregon's end, I don't know if they were trying to necessarily hide a whole lot, but at the same time, I mean, when, when you go against Portland state, you would think you could kind of get it done with your vanilla stuff uh, kind of similar to the, along the lines of a spring game. Let's roll right along. We got Raymond. He is a frequent viewer and listener. Appreciate the question, Raymond. Thanks for being here. Raymond asks, how will Texas Tech stop the University of Oregon's ground game when they gave up 133 yards to Wyoming? I think the Wyoming number is, it's not really something to be alarmed by. I think it's mainly because Wyoming, that's their brand, right? That's their bread and butter is the ground. Um, that's where they really find a lot of success. They got Andrew Peasley, who's a big dual threat guy, um, mainly more so in the running game. That's kind of who really... Um, got the brunt of those carries and those yardage and that yardage for Wyoming. Um, how will Tech stop the the ground game? It's going to start up front. It's going to have to be anchored by those two big defensive tackles there with uh, Bradford and Hutchings. Those two are going to have to have a great game. And uh, Steve Linton and Miles Cole are going to have to get pushed off the edge as well. Um, you know, you want to you wanna maybe throw in some linebackers there to kind of bring in some additional run support, but then you also don't want to get beat by the pass because that's equally as formidable for Oregon. 
um, it's going to be their biggest challenge so far for sure. Yeah, I think that that's to your point, definitely going to be one of the biggest challenges for the Red Raiders defensively in this game, because I think any way you cut it here, I think you're looking at two backs in Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington that are very capable of going for a thousand yards this year. Um, that said, as far as where Texas Tech might be able to attack, um, I think maybe you try to try to go go at Josh Connerly, seeing that he's the youngest guy on that offensive line. But I mean, he's the starting left tackle, so it's not like you're just going to trot anybody out there. Uh, former number one tackle in the country in the class of 2022. So I think if you're Texas Tech, you're hoping that maybe this Oregon offensive line hasn't gotten super close and you know tight knit as far as cohesion goes, and and they're maybe still struggling through some of those growing pains. I think that's kind of your best bet at stopping that one. Um, and just maybe if you can get some good stops early, that might be able to cause Oregon some fits. But we know that Oregon's bread and butter is on the ground. That certainly hasn't changed, and I don't think it will change with Will Stein, the new offensive coordinator, who will be making a return to his home state of Texas in this game. So that's definitely going to be one area to watch, um, and, and we'll have to see how the Texas Tech defense can come out and defend the ground game against the Ducks. Um, I think we got we have a Texas Tech fan in here, so a little bit of representation on your side, Jarrett, from Landry. Landry says, this will be a fun game. Finally, y'all play some competition. Portland State was trash in all caps. Blown coverage, every play, arm tackles, no one staying at home. Portland was just terrible. I'm not saying that Portland State was a quality opponent. It was definitely one of those FCS games. You know, you just take that game to kind of help keep your athletic department funded. But uh, what, what's what's your take on this one, Jarrett? Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to go out here and say Portland State was going to give Oregon a run for their money by any means. Um, and honestly, that's kind of made my job a little bit harder this week in terms of trying to get a read on Oregon uh, because you got to really take that first game with a grain of salt, right? Um, obviously, Portland State is not a quality opponent. Um, and you can see some stuff that Oregon did that they had success in. But, I mean, you know, playing an opponent like that, they're probably going to have success in a lot of different areas of the field, right? So we don't – as far as, like, getting a feel for the game – I've had a really hard time kind of analyzing that one, just trying to see like where Oregon succeeds and where they struggle because, I mean, that was a, that was just, that was a mess. That was a game that, you know, Portland State had no business being there. And I mean, you saw it with, with the 81 points that Oregon hung on them for sure. Yeah. So you can't get too much of a read from that game. I can understand how that makes things a little bit tough on uh, on your end but yeah this is Oregon's first true test of the 2023 season make no mistake about it I'm super excited to see this one I think Texas Tech is certainly a quality opponent and I love that this game is being played on campus I don't know if you listen to uh Josh paid a whole lot of the late kick podcast but he's super passionate about like marquee conference games being played at home um you know at the actual school so I think that that kind of adds to some of the appeal of this one We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we got one from Andrew. Andrew says, the biggest question I have is how the Ducks will handle the literal heat. It could be the great equalizer. It's going to wear the players out. Does that favor Texas Tech or Oregon? I mean, just to just to take this one real quick, Jared, from Oregon's side of things, Dan Lanning kind of shrugged off this question a little bit this week. He was saying, you know, I'm not going to have the guys come to practice in parkas. There's only so much I can do other than, you know, hydrate these guys uh, getting ready for this game. So, I think if you're just talking about a team that is accustomed to it, probably favors Texas Tech. They're the ones that are practicing it in it every day. And the Texas Heat is certainly known for being more brutal than the Oregon Heat, although the Ducks did have to deal with uh, wildfire smoke earlier on in the summer. Uh, so what what do you make of this one? Uh, you know, it's it's one of those deals. I think it becomes a big deal until it isn't. Um, I think it's when game time comes, it's not really going to, be talked about a whole, whole lot. Um, like you mentioned, Tech's been accustomed to this. They practice in it every day. Um, the temperatures had actually started to cool down around here uh, the last couple of weeks. Not anything like close to like 70s or anything like that, but they were high 80s, low 90s. It's definitely a lot different than playing in like the uh, the low hundreds. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, man. Like I don't, I just don't see the, uh, I just don't see the uh, the big deal behind any of it. I think they're both going to be playing in that same kind of heat. Um, you know, it's and it's just football. It's going to be it's going to be physical. It's going to be hot, and everybody's just going to have to deal with it. I don't think it really favors one team or the other. Um, if you wanted to make the argument, it could favor Tech just because that's what they've been practicing, and you could. Um, but I don't really read a whole lot into that for sure. That's fair. Um, we got another one from Raymond. I heard the Joey McGuire interview after the Wyoming game. He was generous with his time and thoughts. The interview lasted for over 12 minutes. Would you as a fan prefer that over Dan Lanning's approach? I don't know how much of Dan Lanning you've been able to 
to listen to, Jared, if you want me to take this one or if you wanted to start with this one. Well, you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I did watch the uh, the two-and-a-half-minute availability from today. Um, as a fan, I don't really know how I would feel. I think I, I kind of – as a as a member of the media, I do appreciate all the time that Coach McGuire gives us. Um, he speaks for 30 minutes every Monday. He talks in length, um, you know, after the games and such. And he would talk for a good while, like in spring ball or in fall ball, whenever he'd have an availability – uh, he would talk for a good while. And I think it just comes down to transparency. Um, he's really open with the people. He's really open with the fans and with the media about, you know, what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, and that's something that I do appreciate. Yeah. I think the the way that I would liken it, I think it's, it's good and bad. If you have a coach that talks a lot, because if you're transcribing stuff, it can make things pretty difficult. Um, but it is nice just to get super candid answers uh, the thing that I've said about Dan Lanning this year is that he's a really good, um, you know, test subject for like someone who's in journalism 101. You don't ask closed ended questions. If you ask a yes or no question, you are going to get a yes or no answer from Dan Lanning. Um, yeah, I mean, no, he's, he said earlier this, uh, this fall camp um, when he was asked about some guys, kind of a depth chart e type question. It was just saying, uh, I think it was the turnovers question from one of the scrimmages. If, if memory serves, he was saying, I'm not going to tell you. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I think I could kind of compare Joey McGuire to Dana Altman, Oregon's basketball coach, Oregon men's basketball. When I, I loved interviewing him when I was living out in Eugene, he was always super, super candid with his answers. And he was kind of the, the Joey McGuire equivalent, just super, super open to, to everything and, and always put it how it was thinking back to how he ended the season, just calling out how there was like no attendance at the games, but that's a different sport. We don't have to get into that today. Uh, got one, uh, a Texas tech question from Tim Timonachi asks, why was Tyler running it play after play in overtime coach, not confident in the offensive line, Tyler's arm backs, receivers plays offensive coordinator, can't remember seeing that since black and white TV clips. What do we make of this one? So that one, I think you just got to kind of chalk it up to they wanted the ball in his hands and they wanted him to go make a play. Um, they hadn't really called a whole lot of design QB run for him that night until it got to overtime. Um, and then it was like one after another, one after another, and it was working. Um, and it kind of makes you question a little bit why they may not have gone to that a little bit sooner. Um, but I mean, it was working was the biggest thing. And it's kind of, it, you saw it a lot last year in that, that four game win streak that they had with him there at quarterback. Um, the biggest one that I can really point to is when they went up to Iowa state, it was like in the, it was in the single digits of degrees and it was just impossible to throw the ball. The final score of that game was like 14 to 10. Um, tech took the lead late. They got the ball back with, I believe like two or three minutes left. And because Tyler Shuck was able to run the ball effectively, they were able to just seal the deal and close the game out. Didn't even give Iowa State another chance. Um, and that's why you see Tyler Shuck run the ball quite a bit is because it works. Um, he's a really big physical runner. Um, it, it's, you know, you don't maybe want to throw your quarterback in too many situations like that where he's just in the open field or where he's, you know, in a, you know there's a lot of traffic. Uh, you don't maybe want to throw him in those situations too much. But it works, and they hadn't really gone to that a whole lot against Wyoming. Um, they went to it in overtime, and it, it worked. So that's that's my best guess as to why they started running him so much when it got to that overtime period. All right, awesome. That's that's why we bring you on to answer questions like that. I appreciate it. Um, got another one from Raymond. 
Do you think U of O will be able to defend the passing game of Texas Tech? This is definitely my biggest question mark going into this game, and I think it starts up front if Oregon's going to be able to get pressure on Tyler Shuck, get some hits on that guy just to kind of knock him off of his balance. We also didn't get a good read of Oregon's pass rush in week one because Portland State only threw the ball 20 times, and Texas Tech easily will double those numbers, it sounds like, in this game. And and Tyler Shuck, as a guy who is confident in his arm and his abilities, he's experienced, I think he's going to let some of these passing plays develop a little bit longer so that his receivers can get open, which is going to, in turn, give Oregon's pass rush probably some more time to, to get home and kind of get after him. Um, so I think that this is definitely the biggest question that we have to answer, and we have to see, are these Oregon DBs up for the test? Are they going to be able to, to match up with, with some of their top weapons that they have in that Red Raiders offense? I, I think they're capable of it, um, but we're not really going to know until they – until they take the field. I think right now I want to say yes, but the secondary definitely wasn't a point of confidence for me as we exited last season. Yeah. And I just, I think it's going to boil down to whether or not Tech's receivers can go make plays. Um, I think if, if you mentioned, if what you mentioned is true, like if you're not really that confident in Oregon's defensive backs group, then I think that's going to really fall into the receivers. Then are they going to be able to go out there and make plays? Are they going to be able to run their routes efficiently and find those open gaps to where Tyler can get them the ball. Um, he had plenty of time to throw against Wyoming. I mean, he was sacked three times, but he had a clean pocket for a lot of it. And you saw some plays where, you know, he maybe didn't have to extend the play, but you got you got guys getting into space. I think a guy like uh, uh, Jordan Brown, he's a guy that they use in the, uh, the return game, but they've really started to kind of want to incorporate him in the passing game. He had a 27-yard catch against Wyoming. Uh, Tech had a third and 15, and – he found Bradley for a 29-yard gain. And, you know, that was one of the things going into Wyoming where they were, I don't know about necessarily confident in, but they were kind of looking at it as like, well, are their, are their defensive backs capable of defending all these playmakers? And that's just what they have to go out and do on Saturday. I think they have plenty of guys at receiver who are capable. Um, there are some guys that I didn't even, I didn't even mention earlier. Uh, Loic Fungi is a 6'4 receiver, super athletic. Uh, he had this play in the Texas Bowl. It was an onside kick that he took to the house. Um, they got they got him back there. Um, I don't know how involved they're going to get the tight ends. Um, that's been a, a position of question here the last the last year. Um, they've got guys out there. I mean, they've got the the six nine tight end Mason Tharp, who is a I mean he's a freak for sure just because of how big he is playing football. And then a, a guy like Baylor Cup, who's six six two eighty five. Um, they like their tight ends. I don't know how involved they're going to be this Saturday, but I mean, they have playmakers, they have weapons. I just don't know, you know, it's just going to depend on them to go out there and make the plays.